Good evening. Thanks for coming back tonight. Thank you for joining in in our song. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10 is where our sermon is going to come from this evening. I want to read for you as we start a familiar passage, and I want to read it in an unfamiliar way. Christ is my shepherd. I shall not want. Christ makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. For Christ refreshes my soul. Christ guides me along the right paths for His namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Christ is with me. Christ's rod and His staff, they comfort me. Christ has prepared for me in the presence, a table in the presence of my enemy. Christ has anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I, dwell, I will dwell in the house of Christ forever. To so many of us, that sounds odd. We're used to hearing, the Lord is my shepherd, not Christ is my shepherd. But here in in John chapter 10, in verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And I believe when he says that, when he says that line, he's identifying himself with the kind of shepherd that we find in Psalm 23. He's identifying himself with a shepherd that provides and protects and gives us prosperity as we live our lives. Even further there, just a couple verses before, John 10 and verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door, I am the sheep gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Again, here he's identifying himself in relationship to us as sheep, and he's presenting himself as the gateway to goodness. He's saying, if you want salvation, if you want nourishment for your soul, you have to go through me. And then he says in John 10 and verse 10, where we're getting the title of this lesson, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that they may have life and to have it abundantly. Jesus says, this is the purpose I came. This is why I am the sheep gate. This is why I am the good shepherd, to give you life, to give your life more abundance, to allow you to live your life to the full. Now, some might hear that and say, well, is that really true? Does following Jesus, does that really give us a better life? Does that really give us a full life? I think many in the world would say, no. All you have to do is just turn on your TV and watch a commercial. And you'll see, just in those commercials, you'll see that they think the secret to life, to having a full life, is not Christ, but something that you can buy. It's something like a good investment company on your side, or drinking alcohol, or taking this new medication. If you just have this one thing, it's going to give you fulfillment. That's the message. If you just buy our one product, it's going to give you a full life. 
In addition to that, many in the world will look at our faith and say, you know, when, when I look at your faith, it just seems so restrictive. It's just telling us all the things that we can't do. I remember when I was in college, I went to Freed Hardman, it's a Christian college, and I remember running into an old youth intern of mine. I told him, hey, I'm going to Freed Hardman, and he says, man, that place has so many rules. That was his takeaway. Now, he went to Auburn, he went to a state school, a public university, where they had no rules. And so, of course, it might seem to him like there was a lot of, school, a lot of rules at this Christian school. I didn't think it was that many rules. It didn't bother me very much, but he viewed that context as being so restrictive. And, and for me, hearing him say that kind of made me feel bad. It kind of put me down a little bit. And that's how sometimes we feel with the world. They look at our faith and say, it's so restrictive, and it, and it kind of makes us feel, feel down a little bit. They look at our life and say, You're, you have too many rules. Where's the fun in that? And then in addition to that, we as Christians, if we've been Christians for any bit of time, we know that being a Christian is hard. That, that denying yourself is hard. That forgiving others is hard. That praying for your enemy is hard. That raising your kids to love the Lord is hard. That serving is hard. That, that when people make fun of your faith, it is hard. And it's easy for some of, us, some of us to look, even as Christians, to look at that life and say, is that really a full life? Is that an abundant life? And then we have all these sacrifices in our faith, our time, our energy, our money. We have to sacrifice our face at some times, our, our reputation for our faith. We have to get out of our comfort zones. There's, there's a lot of giving in our lives, a lot of sacrifice or sometimes we feel like we give and we give and we give and we just have nothing left in our cup. And we ask the question sometimes as Christians, is, is it really worth it? Is life really better because I am a Christian? And the answer to that is yes. Yes, it is. And we can say that, first of all, because with Jesus as our shepherd, we know that any restriction that he gives us is for our own good. There in Psalm 23, we see that the Lord uses a staff. A staff is a, a long wooded instrument with a crook at the end. And whenever the, the sheep got out uh, on their own, wandered off, he would take that crook and he would put it around their neck and bring them back in. If you know anything about sheep, you know that a sheep wandering off by itself is a recipe for disaster. And it's a really good meal for a wolf. And so the safety of the sheep comes with, with somewhat of a restriction of, of staying together, staying close to their shepherd. Then in John chapter 10, Jesus is the gate. Again, there's a restriction where we're protected by that gate. But the gate is for our own good. It's for our protection from the thieves that might come and steal and kill and destroy from any type of predator. And so in, the, in these cases, don't you see that restriction with Jesus is a good thing? It's for our own good. It's an act of benevolence. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, John says that, that God's commandments 
are not burdensome to us as Christians. Why is that? I think part of that is they're not burdensome because we know that they are for our own good. It's just like our parents telling us as kids, don't touch that hot stove. We might not think in the moment that that is good for us, but in the end, when we actually touch the hot stove, we realize that restriction was for our own good. In Psalm chapter 19, Psalm 19, it speaks about the law of God, and it says the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Think about all the benefits that come with the law of God. Yeah, the law seems restrictive, but look what it does. It revives the soul. It makes one wise. It allows us to rejoice in our heart. It enlightens our eyes. Yes, it might be restrictive, but look at the benefits. Think about all the, the life-giving, think about the life-giving nature of the law. Yeah, it's restrictive at, at times, but it's for our own good. Now, in the moment, again, we might not feel that way. I remember growing up that, that my parents gave me some rules that I did not understand. I mean, why, as a 16-year-old, do you need to have a curfew? I mean, come on, right? But then as... I've advanced in the years, and 16, 17 years later down the road, I look back on that and I think, you know, there's really nothing good for a 16-year-old to do after 10 o'clock at night. It really isn't. Now I see it. Now I see their wisdom. Now I see their benevolence. And I think as, as Christians, as we grow and we mature, we begin to see more of the, the why behind the commandments. Why God is restricting some things and not others. It's for our own good. It's, it's for our own benefit. That God is this good Father that, that takes care of us. And we have to trust Him. Even if we don't understand why He's commanding something, why He's restricting something, we have to trust that it's for our own good. Now some of you might say, okay, I can understand that. I can see why God restricts some things and not others. I can see why he has a law. It's, it's for our own benefit. I can see that. But still, why is life so hard? Why is it so difficult? Is this really the abundant life that Jesus promised? As Christians, we know all about the trials and, and the difficulties and the, the persecutions that come along with being a Christian. We know the difficulties of, of keeping faithful to the Lord and, and try to lead our family to be faithful as well. We know the challenges that, there are, that are out there day to day. And we, we might ask the question, why is life so hard if we're supposed to have an abundant life? I think, first of all, we need to go back to that father image. God is our benevolent father. And when we think about him being our benevolent and loving father, we also need to understand sometimes our father has to discipline us. There in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6, we see there that, that the writer of Hebrews says that if God doesn't discipline us, then we're not his children and he doesn't love us. Certainly we don't want that in our life. 
But if we were to accept the discipline of Jesus, accept it in our lives, look at what happens. Verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so I'm not saying that everything in your life that's hard is a discipline from God. But it's at least worth a thought. If we are children of God, if we have this loving Father that disciplines us at times, for us to think in the midst of the trial, what is God trying to teach me? What is he trying to, to allow me to learn? And, and what area of my life that I might need to repent of? What area of my life do I need to grow in so that I can have a fuller and abundant, a more abundant life? At the same time, we need to just acknowledge just at the core that life is hard no matter if you're a Christian or not. I found this on Facebook at, at some point. And it says, marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your hard. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your hard. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your hard. It said life will never be easy. It will always be hard. But we can choose our hard. Pick wisely. I think that's true. Living in this fallen world, life is going to be hard, whether we're a Christian or not. Yet what Christianity teaches and what it says is that the hard that is in life is better when God is in your life. We see that with what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. Here he's in prison and he's speaking to these, this, these church members that had given him a gift. And he says to them there, not that I'm speaking in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any, in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What he's saying is I can endure whatever I face. And throughout the book, I can have joy in the midst of these trials. Why? Because Christ is with me. He is strengthening me. You know, we've been praying for my nephew Elijah. I, I saw right after my uh, sister-in-law posted an update today, uh, which still struggling, uh, still be in the hospital for a few days, but, but hopefully they've got it under control. But someone posted in the comments, wouldn't this be so hard if you weren't doing this with God? And I think that is so true. I don't know what people do without God in their life. I don't, I don't know what people do without their church family. There is strength. There is strength that comes with walking with Christ day by day. And Christianity doesn't promise that we're going to have smooth roads doesn't mean that we're not going to have hills and valleys, but it means that whatever we face, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we can be content and we can have strength because Jesus is with us. 
Life is hard enough, but with God is on your side, when He is on your side, we can get through anything. He will lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. He will anoint our head with oil, even in the presence of our enemies. Notice, He's not taking the enemies away right then and there, but He's still anointing the head with oil. He says, goodness and mercy will pursue us. It will chase after us. Over and over in Psalm 23, we see that even in hard times, if the Lord is with you, if He's your shepherd, you can have blessings. You can have blessings in life. But not only will you have blessings, but you will also have the character of God that comes from God living within you. Think about the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Think about all of how that might shape your worldview if you had that in your life. I think all of us would say the world would be better if everyone had those virtues in our life. All of our lives would be better. And the reason is, is because God is in our life. And so a full and abundant life isn't about everything going right. But instead, it's about facing life with the right attitude and the right Savior on our side. And I think a big part of how we can have that right attitude is looking ahead. Looking ahead and realizing that this hard life that we're enduring right now, that is not all there is. There's more to life than what we see. There's life after this life. Jesus is leading us as, as that good shepherd to eternity. And with that understanding, life has meaning. See, when we have that perspective, an eternal perspective, all the sacrifices that we make in our lives, they all have an eternal significance. I know if I did not believe in eternity, there would be no point of sacrificing for other people. I would hold on to all of my money if there was no eternity. I would do everything for my own enjoyment if there was no eternity. I wouldn't even help other people unless it benefited me unless there was an eternity. See, when we do not have that, that forecast in our lives, that mindset that there is life after our life, we turn inward, we focus on ourselves, and that is a very lonely place to be. However, if you believe your actions, if you believe your words, your thoughts, and even your motives will one day come under judgment, and that one day not only will you come under judgment, but other people around you will come under judgment as well. If you have that in your mind, then and the actions that you take for yourself in your faith and for others in their faith and encouraging their faith, that it makes a difference. It makes an eternal difference. Without that eternal perspective, we would just be, be, be thinking, you know what? Life is short. I better live it up. Life, life really has no meaning except just to feel good for a moment. And even if we were to do things for other people, we'd say, well, it doesn't really matter in the long run because they're eventually going to die too. And that will be the end for them. But the scriptures show us that there is an eternity that our actions in this world towards ourselves and other people, that it matters. And I think so many in our world are looking for purpose. They're looking for, for meaning. 
And I believe we find that in Jesus. We find that purpose. We find that meaning. Because we know that our life is temporary. But eternity is eternal. It's a long time. It's where we will spend forever. And I think if we can focus on that and remember that we are looking forward to something greater than this life, it makes a huge difference in how we face this life. I think about what Paul says in Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. I love this verse. Think about this verse this next week. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I do not consider the sufferings of this present time are worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We have the hope of glory. We have the hope of eternal life with our God. We have a hope of a, of a life that is not hard. Because all the pain, all the suffering, all the death will be gone. All the disease will be a thing in the past and we will live in the presence of our God forever. That is the fullest of life. That's abundance for eternity. And if we can remember that on our toughest days, I believe that will help us have, have that eternal that eternal perspective will allow us to have that full life here in this moment to know for us as Christians that the best days are always ahead. But all those things, all those things only come through Jesus. Only when we fully depend on Jesus can we have the full life that He came to give to us. Only when we respect His his restrictions, as protections, as a, an act of benevolence. Only when we find our purpose and our meaning in Him and in our eternal lives. Only when we, we accept and submit to His discipline. Only when we endure with Jesus and be strengthened by Him. Only then will we have this abundant life. It's only through Jesus. He is a source of goodness. He is the good shepherd who provides and protects and gives prosperity to his sheep. He is the gate that saves us and allows us to be nourished in our souls. It's only through Jesus. And if you, as a Christian, are not living that full life, there's something you're keeping back for yourself. There's something that you haven't given to Jesus. You've taken it up for yourself, whether it's some distraction, whether it's some secret sin. Whatever it might be, we've, we have held something back. But Jesus shows us that if we can depend on Him and give our all to Him, that we can have that abundance through and through. And so, this week, look at your own life. And think, am I living this full life? And if I'm not, what am I holding back from God? What, what am I being distracted by? What, what am I investing my life in that is not of God? What perspective and attitude do I have that's, that's preventing me from really having the joy that comes with being a Christian? Think about that. Think about that this week. 
And one thing I, I want you to do, and, and this will be maybe something easy to remember, most of us will watch some type of ad this week. Most of us will probably watch it on TV or maybe on your computer. You're going to see an ad, and it's going to present to you something that says you're gonna lo- your life is going to be fulfilled if you just have this one thing. What I want all of us to do as we see those ads is, is we, I want you just to think within, no, that's not where my fulfillment comes. My fulfillment only comes through my good shepherd, Jesus. Think about that this week. As you watch TV, as you think about what they are promising you, and think to yourself, no, my promise is so much greater. It's a full life where my cup runs over and over because Jesus is in my life. Because Jesus is that good shepherd. Because Jesus is there with me, giving me life. Life that is abundant. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we're thankful for this teaching. We're thankful that through Jesus, that we can have abundance. That we can live life to the full, now and forever. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us through the hard times of life to always have the perspective that you're in control and that you're caring for us and blessing us if we just trust in you. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to submit to your restrictions, your rules, your law, knowing that they are for the best of us. We pray, Lord, that we will submit to your discipline and and grow in our life so that we can have a more blessed life. I pray, O oh Lord, that you will help us sacrifice knowing that, that we have an eternity to look forward to, that we have meaning and purpose in life. I pray for, for all of us, as those of us who are Christians, that we will not hold anything back from you, that we will fully depend upon you for the full life that you wanted to give us through Jesus. We won't hold anything back, but we will just give of ourselves, knowing the blessed state that comes when we submit to you. I pray, Lord, if there's someone here tonight that hasn't given their life to Jesus, they will do that this evening. They will start this full life, walking in newness of life, walking with you each day. And they can experience the fullness of God right now, but your fullness forever in eternity as well. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe there's someone here this evening that needs to respond to this message. Maybe there's something in your life that's preventing you from having the abundant life that Jesus promised us. Give it up to God. Lay it down before Him. If you need the prayers of this congregation and help If you need help as you walk through it, we would love to help you in that. Or if you're not a Christian, you want to start this full life. Start walking with God and submitting to Him and trusting in Him and having that purpose in your life. We'd love to help you with that this evening as well. If you have uh, anything that you need to bring before the church, come forward as we stand and sing this song. I heard the voice of Jesus.